Amen. I'm so glad that you have joined us today. Why don't we just take a moment and elevate the Lord in our hearts and minds. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to magnify you in spirit and truth. Have your way in us, we pray right now. Challenge us, stir us, encourage us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I am so glad that you've tuned in today, and I am trusting and believing God is going to do an amazing work in your life. I hope that you had such a great Christmas this year, 2020 Christmas. I hope it was fabulous. Do you have the post-Christmas blues or this year? I mean, you're just so excited to see 2020 come to a close that you're literally counting down the days. Did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? I mean, that's always the great question of the day, right? Did you get everything you wanted or all the promises kept in your home? I'm reminded of this couple. They took a much needed date night the week right before Christmas. And when they got home that night, they found all their kids in bed. They're all asleep and they're like, man, this is great. So they paid their babysitter and, you know, look, you did such a fabulous job. And so, of course, you know, she's thankful. She receives the praise and she receives the cash. And on the way out the door, she turned back to share one important detail. I almost forgot to tell you. I promised Sarah that if she would stay in the bed, that you would get her a pony for Christmas. Oh, come on, somebody. Everybody wants a pony. I'm guessing poor little Sarah probably felt a little shortchanged when that promise didn't come to pass. Aren't you grateful, though, that God, well, God, he keeps his promises. Amen. I'm grateful today to know that God, he is a faithful God, the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and in the future of all things that we know, hey, he's never changing. Not only that, he keeps his promises. Amen. In this series, we've discussed how the light of the world is brighter than the darkness that we face every single day. The light of Christ came for each one of us to give us hope, to give us peace. His light can remove our fears and our weariness when we turn it over to Jesus. Amen. I want to turn my fears and doubts and concerns over to the Lord. Is that your desire today? Amen. Amen. Right now where you are, why don't we just give God praise for what he's about to do in your life and in your circumstance and in your situation. Thank you, God, for removing doubt and fear, our weariness today. We turn it over to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. In this current climate, it's so easy to feel overwhelmed feel hopeless, to lose sight of the real mission in life, to fail to really simply live with eternity in mind. You see, we're not called to build a kingdom here on earth, but strive to be part of a heavenly kingdom, to take as many people to heaven with us. That's my desire, amen, not only to build up God's kingdom here on earth, but to take as many people as possible with me to heaven, amen. We can seek to live in a way that brings the blessings and favor of God to earth, but we must never forget this world. This world is not 
our home. We're not supposed to get too comfortable while we're here on earth. That's why we focus so much on the fact that we have been blessed to be a blessing. Amen. Because this life, it's not about storing up for the here and now. It's not about the comforts of this life, but really it's to hear those wonderful and amazing words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. I want to hear those words, those glorious words one day. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. In life today, I mean, there are so many variables, so many things that can change on a dime without our control. And they're really out of our control. Aren't you grateful, though, that God's word, God's word never changes. God's word, it never fails. We can trust that if the Bible says it, we can believe it today. Something will happen when it's prophesied and stated in the word of God. It will come to pass. The Bible has told us the outcome of the final battle here on earth, that good will ultimately triumph over evil. Truth will win over the lie. Love will conquer hate. Amen. And Jesus Christ will rule and reign supreme. Amen. Love will conquer hate and Jesus Christ will rule and reign. Amen. There's cheering in the camp because we know that heaven will be our reward. Now we can't open the door, right? We can't get there in our own strength. No, but there's one who came and he will open the door for us. The greatest freedom that we can ever find today is freedom found through Jesus Christ. And so today I invite you to lift your eyes to the Lord, lift your eyes above what we see in the natural beyond tunnel vision of living day to day. Throw off the blinders of the here and now and live with heaven in view. We need to know that whatever we face on earth will pale in comparison to the joy of heaven. Nothing will compare with it. Nothing will compete with it. Scripture gives us many beautiful, amazing promises of what we have to look forward to. And one of those beautiful promises is our focus passage for today. I'd like to read from Revelation chapter 21 and verse 1. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 1. Well, it reads this way. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his People, God Himself will be with them and be their God. And I love verse four, a powerful passage, and it's found right here. Such an incredible passage that provides us hope today. Verse four, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. Praise God, for the former things have passed away. Amen. For a few moments, we're going to preach on this thought. Light of the world, his light for eternity. His light 
for eternity. I'm here to encourage us today to hold on, to fight the good fight because it is worth it. Amen. My brother, my sister, let me encourage somebody today. Hang on, my brother. Hang on, my sister. Fight the good fight. God is with you and God is for you. I'm going to share some promises from heaven with us today so that we'll stay focused on this important journey for our lives, perhaps the most important journey for our lives. I'm determined to live in light, in his light for eternity. And I want to receive every promise he has for me. Our first promise is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. As it's written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, nor hath entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, when you read this passage, what you find is it, no matter what we have considered or even thought about, it's not even entered into our minds how amazing heaven really is going to be. And so the first promise we see is that heaven is going to blow your mind. Amen. Heaven is going to blow your mind today. Why don't you type that in the chat right now? I believe heaven's going to blow my mind. It's going to be so amazing. It's going to be so wonderful to be in heaven. What's heaven going to be like? Living in the presence of the Lord, fully experiencing God's love, being in a place, in a world where there are absolutely no disappointments. It'll be a place of inconceivable blessings, unbroken joy. There'll be no disappointment there. There'll be no pain in heaven. Trying our best using all of our imagination, those creative juices flowing, that creative thought. We can't comprehend what heaven is really going to be like. I can tell you what it's not going to be like. It's not going to be dull, all right? Heaven's not going to be boring. It's not going to be sterile. It's not going to be, you know, us just floating around clouds with harps for all of eternity. That's not what heaven's about. No, it's going to be a, a place of joy and fulfillment it's like we've never, ever experienced before. It's going to be worth all the sadness that we've experienced here on earth. It's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth all the suffering that we've had to endure while we have been here here on this earth. While we may not know everything about heaven right now, I can tell you a few things that certainly will not be in heaven. Well, in heaven, there's not going to be sin. There's not going to be the curse of sin. Amen. No sorrow, nor sickness, no pain. There'll be no tears in heaven. There's not going to be temptation Failure. There's not going to be fear or depression in heaven. There's not going to be the this pain of divorce in heaven, drugs or death, abuse. There's going to be no more goodbyes in heaven. And here's some more. There's not going to be wars in heaven. There's not going to be weapons in heaven. There won't be injustice in heaven, hate or gossip. Guess what? There's not going to be any elections in heaven. Why? Because we already have our eternal king and his name is Jesus Christ. Can we give God praise right where we are? Thank you, Jesus. We have Jesus on our side, our eternal King, our Lord and Savior. Praise God. Amen. Doesn't that sound pretty amazing? It sounds pretty amazing to me. I'm sure it sounds amazing to you as well. I'm so excited today to live in the light 
for I believe that eternity is able to be just right there in our minds, right there on the horizon. I live in the light of eternity today. More importantly, when I think about what's not going to be there is what actually will be in heaven. There's going to be a few wonderful landscape type things. There's going to be this river clear as crystal. It flows from the throne of God. On each side of the river, it's going to be a tree of life, 12 kinds of fruit every month of the year, uh, every, every wonderful thing. These, these streets are going to be made of pure gold. There's going to be transparent glass. That's how beautiful, amazing this gold, this purity of this gold will be. The walls of the city will be adorned with every kind of jewel imaginable. A couple of things that won't be there. There's not going to be sun. There was not going to be a moon there. Look, here's the deal. There's not going to be a need for a temple or a building to be there, a church building. Why? Because God's presence will be heaven's light. God's presence is going to be heaven's light, and all of heaven will be this wonderful place of worship. All of heaven will be his house of worship. The real beauty of heaven is what we just read in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Amen. Can we praise God for that promise right now? Thank you, Jesus. We are your people, the sheep of your pastor. Amen. You will be our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Because we are in his presence, redeemed by the blood of Jesus, we will be changed. The Apostle Paul tells us we'll in fact be given new bodies that will be indestructible. These bodies, they're never going to fail us. Immortal, fit for an eternal state. But even more than that, we will be freed from the presence of sin, freed from our own sinful nature. Our love for God will be single-minded. And all the things that were a mystery to us here on earth will be made known to us. Everything that we had thought, uh, you know, things that we just weren't sure about, all the mysteries, the great, the great mysteries of life, all of that will be known to us in heaven. Everything that Jesus did was with one purpose, to reunite us with God for eternity. He was working on our behalf, amen, so that we might be reunited with him forever in eternity. Through his ministry, he had the single-minded focus on his purpose. He came to undo what Adam did. The second Adam, Jesus Christ, he came to undo the fall in the Garden of Eden. He came to bring us back into relationship with God, to be with him forever in heaven. John chapter 6 and verse 40, it reads this way, and this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise up him at the last day. I will raise him up at the last day. Praise God. He said that everyone can have eternal 
life. God wants everybody to be saved. Amen. Do you believe that today? If so, why don't you tell that to your neighbor beside you? Type it in the chat. God wants everybody to be saved. Amen. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3, it tells us, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Aren't you grateful that God wants all of us to be saved today? Amen. He wants every one of us to be saved. That's because his light is greater than all the darkness. We can live in his light for eternity. In fact, our second promise about heaven for today is just that. God wants you there. Amen. God wants you in heaven. Amen. Tell some beside you, I know this. God wants me to be in heaven with him. Here's a problem that people struggle with today. It's this concept that God, well, he can do it for you, but I'm not sure that he can do it for me. I mean, look, I don't have a problem praying for somebody else's healing, seeing God do something else in somebody else's life, but I'm not too sure that I can have the faith that God can heal me that God could heal me. You may be full of faith for someone else's wayward child, but you struggle to keep praying for your own situation or even your own family life. It's a sad way to live, but the underlying belief goes much further than here and now. The real issue is that we truly don't believe that God really loves us. That's the issue. Wait, I mean, we understand this, we get it, God loves us collectively, all right, but does he love me as an individual? Jesus died for the entire world, but I struggle sometimes to believe that he, in fact, died for me. He died just for you. That line of thinking goes something like this, he died for the entire world, he made heaven for all of us, but would he really miss me? Would Jesus really miss me if I'm not in heaven with him? When most people think about heaven, for some, it's just simply a means of escaping hell. We want to live right while we're here on earth, right? So we don't have to face eternity of suffering. I mean, am I speaking some truth? I don't want to be facing eternity of suffering. I'm not interested in pain and agony and, and weeping and wailing, gnashing of teeth. Not interested in any of that stuff. No, thank you, right? I, I don't want that. I mean, but for some, that's the reason why. They just want to get to heaven. They want to escape the bad place. Overlook's really the most important fact. Heaven was specifically prepared for you. Jesus wants you there to be in his presence for all eternity. Let me put it this way. He wants you there more than you want to be there yourself. The psalmist David shares a testimony of the personal God that we serve. Psalm 139 and verse 17, it reads, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I'm so grateful to know that I have a God who loves me so much that I am constantly on his mind. He loves me more than I can imagine. He wants me to go 
to heaven to be with him. One of the most beautiful passages in the Bible is found in John chapter 14. Jesus promised that he was in fact going away to prepare a place for you. Get this, he went away and he made a promise that he was going to prepare a place for you and for me. In John chapter 14 in verse 1, we see what Jesus said. He said, let your heart not be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Wow, what a question, Thomas. We don't know where you're going. How are we going to know the way? How do we even get there? How are we going to get to that spot? Jesus says, well, let me tell you. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus made a declaration that moment that he is the way to heaven. Relationship with the Lord is the only way to make it into heaven. Jesus has prepared a place for everyone who lives for him. I'm dying out to what I want for self so that I can follow his path for my life. That means that I focus on eternity rather than the temporary. I focus on what I cannot see rather than what I see in the natural. There is this deal about not just focusing on what we see in the right now. In fact, Jesus commands us to set our heart upon the Lord, set our hearts upon heaven. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, it reads, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth or rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Neither moth nor rust destroys. Thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What does that mean than to lay up treasures in heaven? Well, it means that living with heaven as my chief goal, not the comforts of this earth, not to put my attention upon the comforts here on earth. Jesus promised that when we seek him with all of our heart, he says we, in fact, will find him. Seeking means complete surrender of self. To God. It means giving up, demanding my rights and demanding my ways and begin to seek God's way, God's path for our life. It's giving up yourself so that you might find God. God's will then becomes your will. God's purposes and plans become your purposes and plans. I hope I've been able to convince you today that heaven is going to blow your mind and that God really wants you there. So for the most important question is if heaven is so great and grand, Jesus wants me in heaven. Here's the question. How do I get there? I mean, that's a valid question, right? How do I get there? That, that's great. Everybody wants to know that, you know, hey, it's going to be a great place. Sure, he wants me, but that how do I get there? Jesus explained 
to a man named Nicodemus how to see heaven, to see the kingdom of God. In John chapter 3 and verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. No one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter? a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse five, Jesus says this. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So how do I get to heaven? Well, Jesus, in this passage, he shares with us that if I want to get to heaven, we must be born again. First of all, I've got to seek him, right? I've got to seek him with everything inside my heart. I've got to believe that he is my savior and that I want to then obey his word, asking him to be Lord in my life, asking him to be the one that's in charge of me. I must repent of my sin, which means, God, I am sorry. Forgive me, God, of my past. And Lord, I desire to turn my life over to you. I want to go a completely different path. From now on, I refuse to follow the path of sin, and I choose to follow to pursue after you. Then I can be born again of water through being baptized in Jesus' name, and of the Spirit through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Remember how we said that there's not going to be any sin in heaven? You see, none of us is without sin. No one deserves heaven. The Bible says we are born into sin and shaped in iniquity. We don't deserve it, but thank God for his grace. Amen. I thank God for grace, the grace of God being made real in my life. And here's what I want you to do. Don't be discouraged. Don't leave here discouraged today. God's got to work for your life. You know, look, I can't get to heaven because I'm not perfect. Look, that's not the deal at all. The truth is none of us can be good enough to get into heaven. We can't earn our way into heaven. No, it was Jesus Christ that paid the price so that we are able to make heaven our home. When we're born again, the blood of Jesus washes us from our sins. It is the most powerful experience that we can ever have. Can I get a witness today, amen? Have you been baptized today in Jesus? Then baptized in water, baptized in the Spirit. Amen, God has done a work in someone's life today. Why don't you testify about that? Type that in the chat below. Tell someone, hey, that's me. I have I've tasted the Lord. He is great. He is good. It's amazing. I have tasted and seen that which is good. God's done a great work in someone's life. Oh, we give God praise for that right now in Jesus' name. You see, I can't live in darkness and expect to inherit the kingdom of light. I've got to surrender to God's plan for my life. I've got to desire the things of God more than the things of the world. I need to trust that His grace will be sufficient for me. His grace is sufficient for me today because of Jesus' sacrifice, heaven can be my home. He paid the ultimate price on Calvary, conquering death, hell, and the grave. He became our substitute on Calvary. He came, he died on the cross for you. He died on the cross for me. His love is what drove him to Calvary. And it's my privilege today to receive his love. It's my privilege today to receive his blessing in my life. God wants to make 
heaven our home. Amen. Amen. As we close today, as we stand today, amen, right where you are, if you're in the building today or if you are watching online, I'm going to be very honest with you. I refuse to allow anything to keep me from heaven. Amen. I refuse to allow any obstacle or stumbling block to keep me from heaven. When I lay my head down uh, on my pillow at night, I want to know for sure heaven's going to be my home, that his light is greater than the darkness. I can live with him in the light for eternity. I mean, I can live with him in that light for eternity. There's no grudge that's worth me missing heaven today. I don't want to get so mad or hold something in my heart against someone that's going to cost me heaven. No temporary pleasure is greater than spending eternity with my Jesus. I've got to lay my pain at the altar. I've got to lay my hurt at the altar. Say, God, help me deal with it. God, forgive me. Heal me. Heal my emotions. Heal my mind. Heal my heart today. Do what only you can do, God, because I refuse to allow anything to hold me back from spending eternity with my Lord. The Bible tells us that if we only had hope in this world, we would be the most miserable of people on earth. He has prepared something so much better for us, and I want it. Amen. I know that someone listening to this sermon today, you want it as well. We all desire to be with him in eternity, in heaven, and I want to do everything in my power to take as many people with me to heaven as possible. Amen. Right now, we're going to pray for specific needs. Maybe you've never made a fresh start in the Lord. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life. Maybe you believe in Jesus, but you need to commit yourself to him and say, God, sorry for my sin. Forgive me, Lord, of my sin. Perhaps you need to deepen your relationship with him right now to take the next step in the Lord. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Let us know. We'll baptize you. You need to be filled with the baptism of his Holy Spirit. We will pray with you to have a book of Acts experience. Maybe you're listening to this sermon and you've lived for God for some time, but you have a need that only God can accomplish. My brother, my sister, today is today to, to leave that need at the altar, to surrender the need over to Jesus. He is the one who is able to answer the prayer to bring healing and restoration and deliverance, financial help. He's able to restore relationships. He's able to build bridges where nobody else is able to do anything. We serve a supernatural God today, and he's able to accomplish a great work. Maybe you're trying to do it on your own. You're finally tired of trying to do it in your own strength. You've fallen short of God's plan for you. Pursuing your own dreams rather than following after his will. Now is the time to surrender to Jesus, to dedicate your life to the Lord. I don't care if you've never prayed a prayer or if you've served the Lord for 60 years, for many years. I'm praying that a spirit of repentance will sweep over this place. A spirit of repentance will sweep over your living room and your vehicle right now. God, we humble ourselves before you. Lord, no other relationship is worth anything more than my relationship with you. I refuse to receive anything that will hinder my walk with you. So God, transform me, God. I want to make heaven my 
my home. Do what only you can do in me, Lord, I pray. I surrender my life to you. Forgive me now of my sin. All the times, God, I haven't fully surrendered to you. Lord, I want you to be the center of my life. I transform. I want you to transform me in your image right now. God, I want to give you my life. I surrender to you. I want my future to be with you. Let your light shine into the dark places of my heart. Lord, forgive me of that. Transform me now from the inside out. Take control of me in Jesus' name. Oh, I thank God for what he has done and what he's about to do. I believe God has heard your prayer and God is ministering to your life right now. God is doing the work. Amen. Can we right now, right where we are, begin to celebrate the goodness of Jesus? If you need something from the Lord right now, go ahead and thank him for it. We're about to worship the Lord right now in song. Let's begin to praise him and thank him for his goodness. Amen. Jesus is able to do a great work in your life. Let's all worship him right now. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.